Dobby, and today on the Vantage Performance Podcast, cash flow forecasts. We should all have one, but are you doing one? Well, we have spoken about the needs for a cash flow forecast before on the Vantage Performance Podcast, how your business can be profitable, but if you don't know when the cash is coming in or going out, you can still land yourself in a lot of trouble. So have a cash flow forecast. We've been told that numerous times, but where do you start? Well, to help demystify the fairly simple process of developing a cash flow forecast, Elizabeth Morby is on the line. Elizabeth is a client director at Vantage Performance and has held senior financial consultancy positions in Australia and around the world, and I guess she's developed many a cash flow forecast in her time. So, uh, Elizabeth, where do we start? Well, they're not actually that complicated. Uh, Cash flow forecast is a very logical and straightforward process. I apply a very simple five-step rule of thumb process, um, with the first step being look at your assumptions. Every forecast depends on assumptions. So if you get those right, you're going to be a lot closer to to hitting the nail on the head. Now, this is going to be the hardest part though, isn't it? Presumably, because I mean into that you're going to be putting a whole load of variables and this is this is what counts. Get one of those wrong and then your your forecast is it could be could be meaningless. It could. It could be vastly, vastly different. Um, but you know, when you work in a business you'd be surprised how much knowledge you actually have just from, you know, day-to-day operations. So you need to look at things like the timing um, and quantum of price increasing. So are you looking to increase prices during the forecast period? What about sales growth? Are you going to be introducing new products or new services? Are you expecting to open a new store somewhere? Mm. So any kind of step change in relation to sales needs to be picked up. What about the impact of seasonality? You know, if you're in a retail business, then you're going to expect your sales to be much higher during the standard sales times of the year. You know, you're going to benefit from the Boxing Day sales. You might benefit from the year-end, you know, financial year-end sales, that kind of thing. It's also worth looking at the other side, uh, which is your costs. Are Are you looking at any cost increases from suppliers? suppliers generally give you a bit of advance warning when they're looking at increasing their pricing so just you know make sure that you're you're building that that into your model as you go along. And I guess you can look at historical information here as well. I mean, a supplier might not be saying, hey, look, we're going to put our prices up next year, but if they've put them up every year so far, there's there's a fair chance and you'll get an idea of the quantum of that increase. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. What about when you're looking at, so you mentioned putting in your you know, your own forecasts for what your sales are expected to be and you might be opening a new store. I think that's a great example. Those things, of course, invariably don't go according to, according to schedule. Uh, and there might be a temptation in your assumptions to you know, take the most bullish forecasts about when things are going to drop, uh, and that could be dangerous, couldn't it? So, is this? So, do, I guess the, is this where you start to say, well, look, let's let's develop two forecasts and see uh, what impacts that that's going to have. If, it, if it's six months late, what's that going to do to us? Yeah, and people are fairly fairly bullish when they're embarking on a new venture or an expansion, and my suggestion would be prepare a base case forecast. And if you strongly believe that your sales targets will be met, then let's let's build that into the forecast. But when your forecast has been prepared, then the way that gets sense checked during the first few weeks, um, assuming it's a weekly forecast, which is which is the way I usually set these things up, is to 
start looking at your forecast versus your actual performance. And if you do that for the first two or three weeks or, you know, Usually the first month is probably more realistic because a lot of payments and collections are on a monthly cycle. Then that gives you the opportunity to refine that forecast. Okay, so the second stage then, once you've got all those assumptions, is to start to feed in your uh, your sales income. And I guess here, uh, when we look at sales income, we've got to make sure that we're we're looking at it at income and not what we're invoicing. Often very different. It is often very different and it is a trick for young players as well. We we need to understand that what might be invoiced in January might not be collected till February or might not be collected until further down the track. And the, the key to getting this right is to look at historical collection times. So even though you might have repayment terms of say seven days or 14 days there's a good chance that that collection period is going to be spread across your debtor book you're going to have some really great customers there who are going to pay on time some might even pay early but there'll be ones there who push the boundaries as well and that needs to be recognized the whole purpose of a cash flow forecast is to understand the likely position the business is going to be in, not the ideal position if everyone adhered to to the agreements that they'd entered into. So we need to recognise that as well. So how granular should this be, Elizabeth? I mean, if you say you're a business, I mean, this it would be impossible if you had 2,000 customers, but if you've got a business which has got, say, 50 customers, should you, in your cash flow, would you be putting... Uh, each one of those as a as a line in your spreadsheet as you're doing this cash flow forecast, so you can uh, you can put in their expected payment date given that history that some of them might be slower at paying than others. I look at the breakdown of the debtor book. Quite often, there are a small number of debtors that make up the majority of your collection, so it's that eighty twenty rule. Yeah. So what I do is I'd say, okay, well, the top five or ten of your debtors comprise the majority of your debtor book. If they do, then let's forecast them on a line-by-line basis based on historical performance. And the rest of them you can just put into a group and apply a standard ageing process. And that, that will give you pretty, pretty good coverage. I mean, you don't want to spend days and days updating your cash flow forecast. You want to spend your time running the business. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the uh, next step is looking at the other cash inflows, not just sales, but those other things that are often forgotten about, I guess. Yes, very, very easily forgotten about. Uh, Things like insurance proceeds. If you've got a claim underway and you're expecting to uh, to get some cash as a result of that, don't forget to include that. Um, Additional equity contributions or loan proceeds. If the business owners are looking to put some more money into the business, maybe it's a short-term top-up or maybe it's to fund some capital expenditure, you know, that needs to be recognised. There are a lot of government grants available to small business. So, you know, there are things like that that, that need to be recognised that are quite often forgotten. You might be looking at selling some underutilised equipment. You might have a vehicle or some forklifts or something like that that you're about to about to divest. So pick up the timing of those as well. Little things, they sound like little things, but they can make they can make a difference. Do you think people are some you know, some companies might say, Oh look, well we don't really treat that sort of stuff 
too seriously in our cash flows because we think uh, you know it's going to be a pleasant surprise when we get it and maybe it'll uh, it'll cover over the fact that we didn't get the forecast that spot on in the first place do you think there's a, a bit of that going on I think there's a lot of that going on <laughs> the number of accountants I've come across that have said to me oh look I've got about a hundred sitting here in a little buffer but I don't want to tell anyone about that because I might need it yeah. well that kind of defeats the, <laughs> defeats the purpose of having a forecast in the first place